Welcome to the Double Deuce Podcast, an amazing show that lasts only 22 minutes and is for you, the listener. So soak it up. So here are your two big beer hosts, Will Averill and Nelson. Hey, Will, hit the timer. And we're in. Double Deuce. Deuce is here and with you. And, and we did that right this time, which I'm really excited about. Also excited about it. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we were joking earlier that we shouldn't tell anybody, but uh, this, these last two episodes have been brought to you by Boda Box Wine. Boda Box Wine, uh, it'll get you by when uh, you don't really feel like drinking beer all night. It's. I feel like too. You have the benefit of um, uh, it's like four bottles of wine, but once in. If you just open it and drinking, you're like, who knows how much wine I've had unless you finish it or you go way too far the first night. But it's better than like, oh, no, I drank a whole bottle of wine myself. Oh, no. But you're like, I don't know, man. Maybe I drank two glasses, but you drank like two two bottles. But you, at the same time, you're like, whatever. Plausible deniability. Bodeblox wine. Plausible deniability. <laughs> there we go. And uh, we are here. The marketing corner out the gate. We are here with episode one, or sorry, 252. This is a very yep. time for us. Uh, we've just just gotten past that old 251 uh, self-reflection. And now we, we're here to answer some questions. I did ask um, at the beginning of last week if anyone had true. questions. We should start with it. Yeah, I like this. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So um, Jason Keezer, uh, who was on the show episode 250 and has been on a few times before, uh, the um, creator of Keezagrams, delightful Instagram account, if you haven't enjoyed it already. A real a real mensch and my comedy political rival, but a real mensch. Yeah. And especially I'm, I'm on top right now, so certainly a real mensch. You're on top of Jason Keezer? I mean politically at the moment. I'm in power. Okay, because that sounded real awkward for a second. It's Jason, true. It would, it, yeah. I mean, I was going to move on, but if you want to talk a little more. No, no. Okay. I was agreeing with you. Okay. Jason Keezer asks, was episode 250 just a bunch of Zoom bombers? Yes. I mean, no. Next question, uh, and that was 59 minutes ago. That was the first question was asked 59 minutes ago. 58 minutes ago, Jason Keezer again asked, uh, what is even remotely funny right now? Um, that's a good question. What did I, I saw something funny uh, the other day. What was it? Hmm. I don't know, but it's probably. Oh, I remember. It was. Uh, was watching some highly questionable on ESPN. It's a fun. It's a nice little sports show where they do a little sports and then they kind of look at videos, and they will ask questions and then they'll be like, and the question was like, "Is this hamster dangerous?" And there was like, you know, we got a lot of hamster like showing all the hamster coverage that they've had over the years of goofy hamster videos. So you watch hamsters being funny for like a minute. And then it's just a shot of like a trash can. Then a hamster just comes out behind a trash can. But he's just holding a giant steak knife. And it's like front little paws and like scurrying on his back paws as he goes by. And then, then hides behind something else. And it's like, fuck yeah, that hamster's dangerous. And I kind of lost it a little. It was like it came, it came out of left field. I wasn't expecting to see a hamster with a knife. When I saw a hamster with a knife, 
Boy, howdy, did I chuckle. So hamster with a knife is funny, Jason Keezer. Hamster with a knife is funny. Uh, comedy mayor approved. Hamster with a knife. A lot better than my answer, which was, you know, in, in these dark times, it's all gallows humor now, friends. So There's a lot of that, too, but I'm, I'm trying to at least – I feel like that's always there. But, like, what's something that's more wholesome, uh, hamster with a knife, more wholesome than gallows humor? I started watching Cobra Kai, uh, and, and that's, that's pretty funny. That's re- that's it's funny. That show's real good. It's I a, love that show. I really liked it. Uh, I, I, I started. I'm oh, sorry. Keep the, going. The way at one point he's like, "I'll kick his ass," and uh, and what's his name? Johnny says, "You never kick his ass." And just the way he said it was so offhanded. Matter of fact, it made me laugh. That's another funny thing. So those are two funny things. Hamster with the knife. Very good. From Cobra Kai saying, "You could never kick his ass." Funny. I started watching the first few episodes of that new Netflix show Hoops, with uh, with uh, Jake Johnson's like the 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 it's kind of a bad news bearsy uh, high school basketball team in Kentucky kind of thing. It's intense, but uh, there's some laughs in there, and uh, some uh, an actual Guy Fieri guest spot in it, repeated Guy Fieri guest spot in it. For you Fieri fans out there like me, you, you Fieri fanatics like me, Fieri for life. Nice, nice. Well, there you go. That's a lot of funny things. Maybe you should reflect on why you're not finding anything funny. Maybe you've lost your sense of humor, Jason Keezer. Mm-hmm. I mean, Maybe that's – that's you You have to come to Jesus as is your, your, your comedy political party. Here you're in you're in the woods now, uh, out of power. Like, what are you gonna do? To, you're, you're, what are you gonna do to unseat me? Were you hoping we would say Jason Keezer's Keezergrams? I mean, they are still funny. They are also funny. It's true. I was laughing about one the other day too. Uh, which one was it? Now I'm not gonna try to remember off the top of my head. The, the one one of them really made me chuckle. For me, it's the experience. Uh, Andrea Rapinski writes, what is the Grinders and Giantress doing now? Um, I saw. I had no idea this, this giant naked woman existed until now, frankly. And I don't know how I didn't notice. I don't spend that much time on Facebook. Is, this, is that where it gets discussed? Well, I don't think it was ever really discussed. There was a picture of her being strapped to the back of a trailer. And well, like- yeah, I saw that. But I was just like, but where was she before? She was Apparently in. she was. Yeah, like I had no idea she existed before yesterday or two days ago, whatever that was. Thing because about half of the comments I saw attributed to her were sort of like, "Oh, that's amazing," and half the comments were like, "Oh, that's incredibly offensive." So it really was sort of a microcosm for the polarization of uh, sort of our national outlook. Um, and I could see, uh, you know, I could see both sides of this argument. I'm not agreeing um, with the side that's like, oh, that's awesome. I come down more on the side of that's that's kind of outdated, weird, gross Overland Park shtick. Um, I sorry, Johnson County shtick. I'll be a little broader. Um, and it, it was kind of gross. I was glad it was gone. But um, yeah, that's that's it's weird I'm- for just a, a straight up restaurant to have in it. And maybe if you're going for a weird like. Uh, adults only sports bar thing that but that still then feels like uh if you if you're if you're building a bar that shtick was it was an 80s movie then i would put that in there and 
if it was, you know, not a family place. And I'll be like, okay, that's, here's the narrow window I can see putting that up in your restaurant. There was, there was a certain weird aesthetic to that whole vibe of that place that was somewhere between an Applebee's and a detention center. It was like, it was really yeah. strange. It was cold in all the wrong ways and like trying to be aesthetically pleasing in all the wrong ways. It was like, like the warehouses where that Applebee's stuff comes from. Like they must look like the haunted shtick mansions. And this place was kind of a microcosm of that feeling, that gross feeling that someone's trying to sell me a nostalgia for a time and place that never existed based on things that I've taken. Like aliens creating, if an alien created a restaurant, it would have looked a lot like the Lawrence Grinders, where you think about La Familia that had been there before, and the warmth, even though it was kind of janky, it was kind of, uh, you know, sort of torn vinyl and plaster coming off here and there. I mean, it had an aesthetic and it had a love to it. This place was without, this place, like, I felt like I was going to get zapped if I didn't hit the right button for the cheese the two times I went into Grinders. Not that I had to, hit a button for cheese, but it seemed like that was the next step. Okay. I mean, that's sort of my uh, my feeling about it. I, I haven't thought about this much. never went there, so I don't really have any knowledge. Well, it, no, of course you haven't, because you didn't recognize the grinders lady, which you would have, and the question was... True. Yeah, no, it, it never, never came up. And I guess the only answer I can give that's truthful is she. I can't even remember what the question was, honestly. The question was, "What's the giant lady from Grinders doing right now?" And I think she's strapped to a trailer, rolling down I seventy, um, strapped to a trailer, and some kid who's on vacation from uh, you know a, a nice little religious community somewhere in Nebraska is like, "Mom, what is that?" And he's having some feelings he's never had before. And that kid's probably ruined right now. That kid's probably ruined. But he might be interesting. We'll see. We have to wait 10 years to find that out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's where she is. I think we did a really good job of answering that question. You know, I think we did. I think we may have dug deeper than they were expecting. But I feel like if you, if you want to ask us a superficial question uh buckle up we're gonna dig deep that's what we do we're investigative journalists really at heart easy answers and we we're like the woodward and bernstein of internet questions exactly yeah yeah um jay mouse asks when are you finally gonna have a frank and honest discussion about fear orgasms um i'm not sure um I feel like I need to do more research before I could have have one that was had a whole lot of merit to it. I feel like I, I feel like I'm always frank and honest on this podcast, but I don't know that I've done enough research into fear orgasms to speak about them with any level of uh, clarity or confidence in a setting, especially where I want to dig deep on all the topics. Like, I feel like it would be, it would be pedestrian to attempt it just off the cuff. And I would rather not do that, but I would be happy to schedule a time like in the, in the future that then I could like spend some time doing proper research and then, you know, show up ready to debate or dig deep or, uh, 
share my findings. I'm, I, I, this actually, I, this, this really brought up a question to me to, in, in yeah. response, which was like, Jay Mouse asked her this question, do you apply emotion to orgasms? Because that's not necessarily something that I, I immediately like, okay, I've just come, I'm going to file this under awesome come or uncomfortable come or, um, you know, dis- well, I think, I think maybe he's trying to, I think generally I feel, I feel like he's describing some sort of a, uh, and I'm trying to, I can't think of the clinical term off the top of my head, but it's, a, it's there's a certain degree of not trying to kink shame or, or yuck yums or anything like that, but an idea that like a, uh, like a fear impulse, either pre or point or, or post uh, ejaculation would be maybe like beyond the norms at least whether or not you call that normal to abnormal i'm not i'm not a professional like my my medical training is more in general practice and less in, in like uh, psychiatry or psychology or anything or uh, sociology even um but so i feel like uh, the question maybe is yeah is the fear response coming pre or, or post and then like is is the the resulting uh, ejaculation only based in the fear response beforehand, or or is it like happenstance, or is it like a like it's not something you look for, but you've noticed that uh, that when you have a fear response, that it elicits like a sexual like climax, and you're like, why does that happen? Like maybe you don't like it, or maybe you're like, you know, it's not it's not a huge problem, but I'd like to know why, or like it, I feel like I'm I'm interested to see where like where where he would like us to focus our research one and then like does he have a date in mind that we, we he needs to know by is specifically or if not like a time that'd be useful for him for us to have this 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 deep dive prepared so in answer to your question jay mouse i think uh the- i feel like we need to yeah we've got some questions of our own basically when are you finally going to have a frank and honest discussion about fear orgasms is just now just now we had one and we'll continue it forward uh, we were pretty the, frank and honest, but I, I feel like yeah, we can we can get clinical about it. I just need time to prepare. Yeah, fear orgasms. Uh, Tom Harper um, asks, "How cushy?" And he puts this in parentheses, which I think is interesting. Uh, is the prison Thomas Fritzel now resides in? Wow, he isn't he? Isn't he released at home right now? I think maybe I don't know. I thought he was having to go to prison, but they're like, we don't know if he's going to go back home or not, or how bad this this prison is. I thought he was. I thought he was at home. I could be wrong, or I could be thinking of something that I had happened or was going to happen, or I don't know. Look, I thought he was out. Tom Harper is a real estate mogul in this town. He knows when somebody's at home or when they're at, at true. Prison. Yeah, I'm not trying to say he's a liar. I just, I thought, to my knowledge, I thought he was home at the I'm moment, frankly, like house arresting. Frankly, Tom Harper, I, I'm going to turn this question back on you. You're the real estate guy. I mean, you know, you know how things suck. How you are our local prisons. Yeah. How are, how could, jails. I mean, really, would you sell it like as a mid-century modern prison or would you sell it as like sort of a, a new um, look at an old formula sort of prison i mean how would you sell thomas fritzel's prison that's what we'd like to know it's a question back in a question do we, do we have like a white collar jail that's just kind of like a, some duplexes on a street that's just got a high fence around it is and but it's like people are used to being in houses that have like levels and, and a whole bunch of bedrooms and bathrooms but it's just they just have like a two bedroom one bathroom duplex side of a duplex 
Uh, you know, I, that's a really good question. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing if, if, if it is, it's probably somewhere on Bowerbrook Road, but, uh, you know, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I, yeah, we don't know. The question is, first of all, we have two questions back. One is, uh, is, is he actually in prison? Cause we don't know that. And, and two, um, uh, how, what do you think? And, and three, um, I'm guessing, yes, I'm guessing that, that maybe, I mean, possibly the worst thing you could do is throw him in the Orient because then you'd have to try to find the bathrooms in the Orient. And for anyone who's tried to find the bathrooms in the Orient, it's like... I've never been in there. You're like, it's like, imagine you were on the set of In the Name of the Rose, that that 80s movie with Christian Slater. I, I thought you were going to say In the Name of the Father. No. Those are very different. Those are very different sets. No, this is in the, uh, in the name of the rose, and this is like Sean Connery and, and Christian Slater is like old monks, and, and they're in like a, in Spain or Barcelona, and they have to go through all these this brickwork, uh, all of these like old ruins, and that's what it feels like in the Orient when you have to go to the bathroom. You're like going through like brick all this brickwork, just like where do I find a bathroom? And you feel like you're in this cavernous system. Other place that you find that interestingly enough is trying to get into the Kansas State House, which now feels like having to go through a labyrinth in order to try to find any humanity. It's terrifying. I don't recommend either. I think if you want to, to, to do either one of those, um, instead, just stay at home and watch In the Name of the Rose because it's a really good movie. Or In the Name of the Father. Hey, man. Yeah, whichever one. Both good movies. My Left Foot's a pretty good movie, too. Jeremy Hopkins. Uh, uh, says you need me for the next episode. Always a ratings boost. He typed with humility. That that isn't even a question, Jeremy. Um, and of course we need you back. Uh, yeah, man. What what? My question is, what are you doing in two weeks from today? Uh, maybe recording a podcast with us is the answer. Let us know. We'd love to have you. Um, and Spencer Anderson says, why do you hate Seattle? I don't, I don't hate Seattle at all. I have mixed feelings about the Seahawks um, and about the Storm, but I, the, as a, as a city, I've got nothing against Seattle at all. I feel like seems seems like a nice place. Haven't been there. It's in one of those corners of America I haven't got to. I'd like to go there, um, but yeah, no, it's like uh, like the 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 Storm are good, and they have they beat the Mystics a couple of years ago, and. Uh, Probably would have beat us again, if, if, but and then uh, the Seahawks beat the Broncos badly in a Super Bowl, which always makes me have bad feelings about a team. But they also used to be like the shitty team in the AFC West for a while, where like they just kind of uh, were like a weird spoiler who, like at best, was kind of middle of the road. And so I kind of have a love for a team like that. The way I like I, I like the Eagles because they were always that in the NFC East for me. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's, I don't hate Seattle at all. Why do you think I hate Seattle? Am I coming off as someone who hates Seattle? What's my vibe? Is it a, I hate Seattle vibe? Cause if so, it's not what I intend to put out. I'm sorry. I, uh, I don't have a problem with Seattle either. I mean, apart from the fact that it's uh, a little bit difficult to get there, um, it, you know, in terms of like trying to find your way, like, you know, you get, get done at the airport and it's just like, you don't really know entirely where to go. And they're like, you can rent a car somewhere over here and you have to like try to 
find the right door and two of the doors are magic and and they just turn into like uh, like barriers and then the last door is is actually the door and you know it takes you like 45 50 minutes to just try to get your way towards the the like where you can get a car and then there is like find your way to the place and it's like these roads don't make sense and then all the roads really <laughs> Are, are big impacts and full of people for no apparent reason, not really going seemingly anywhere. And the roads don't, and it's raining. It's always raining. And I, that. I feel like that would be, I don't, that's like, I don't know if I'm a live in a, in a always rainy in like a Seattle, Portland kind of, I'm, I'm not sure how I'd feel about that over time. I like, I like a rainy weather. I don't know how I'd feel if I got so much of it that it was like close to the norm. I don't know. That's something I would have to, to experience for that amount of time to know. And but, but I, I'm not against it. I like I like rain. I like rainy weather as much as sunny weather. I just don't know if I could go without like a shift off. Yeah. Then you get there and then you find some places that are awesome and some things that are awesome. But I will tell you, there's always this sense with Seattle. Um, and I've been there four days, so I really know his place. There's always this sense that you're two days late to go see the most cool thing you think you would have ever seen. You always see the poster for the thing that would have been fucking amazing like two days after the event has... I feel, like, I feel like that's just a plus in Seattle's like columns of that. I feel like that's the thing you see in lots of places when you're like traveling and I feel like the fact you see a lot of those just means a lot of cool shit happens there. They so I feel like that's a plus. I'll also say uh, I, I am I kind of... I, I, I'm like a half-hearted Mariners fan in some ways just because like I've, I've always a huge uh, Griffey Jr. fan to the point that uh, in this game MLB 2000, I played like three like full-on seasons with the Mariners, and also like I liked Young A Rod when he was a Mariner and he was like just up and coming and, and a badass, and that team had both him and fucking Griffey Jr. at the same time, and it was and so it was, they were fun to play, and so I kind of liked them, and also then I played and it's actually still going on. I played an MLB the Show like 05 or 06 campaign with a with a character and it's now like somewhere we still haven't gotten to the years yet but i'm like on my 24th year in the league but i played like 10 years on the mariners to start my career in that one and we won some we won some series together and so i got nothing but love for the mariners there you go there you go uh the other reason i was gonna the say regular team's fine too <laughs> I've helped. i guess the, all my fondest memories of them are virtual but still uh, the no, it's not virtual. The love, the love is real. Yeah, Seattle's been kind to me. It's been cruel to me. Uh, it's a place that, that certainly there's no hate for them at all. Well, I do. I I I'd say that if I had one reason to hate Seattle, it's because it killed my friend. Yeah, Kurt Cobain. No, well, him too. But it was my my friend Kate. She got trapped in her basement and drowned by by flooding water from bad uh, bad you know sort of sort of bad sewage network went wrong public work is there another question so that's not how we end the episode but also i'm really sorry about your friend yeah no there's no other question this is how oh, we man we just oh well i guess okay seattle i gotta ding you for this i gotta ding you for for will's friend and for the the episode coming to a real Real awkward and down ending. Um, that bed and breakfast. Uh, really, actually, here's a funny story to end this because because I really yeah. 
Um, we had this bed and breakfast that was completely ADA non-compliant. Like the only bed was way up on this loft that was a terrifying flight of stairs up, right? And it, you just hit your head if you try to try to move up at all. So you had to like kind of slide into this bed up top, and it was. Oh man, I had a loft bed for a while when I was younger. I know how that shit rolls. That was that in and of itself was horrifying. But then, like you know, Jack and I are not normally we don't normally smoke, but but you know, marijuana is legal. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided that we're like, like I'm, I'm thinking because it gives me panic attacks. I'm thinking, but if it's legal, I won't have panic attacks. So we went to this great little. That's not, that's not why you have panic attacks. <laughs> this great little little uh, cabin on the Olympic uh, Olympic National Park. Um, Olympic Forest National Park uh, grounds, and it was a beautiful little place, like cabin to ourselves. Uh, went to a dispensary before that in Seattle. Like, give us the the, the weakest, weakest stuff you've got. They're like, okay, here's here's a couple of joints, and and they, you know they were huge, but they were apparently half CBD half, you know, whatever, I think it was Kush. But anyway, uh, got out to this cabin, decided to smoke a little bit, smoked about, you know. Uh, it should be like a nice milder, but it's still it, probably very strong for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I smoked about 10 hits because wasn't feeling anything. That's a lot. <laughs> and went inside and it's like, yeah, but that's still only like two thirds of this this joint. It didn't seem like that much. Went in and all of a sudden, like. No, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't hit you instantaneously. No. I feel like I take I take like ten hits. Yeah, yeah. I sat out of this rocking chair, and all of a sudden, I was like, "Time has no meaning, and the essential structure of time uh, repeats upon itself." And my voice is the voice of God and time. And I'm like, I'm probably not really in my right head right now. Yeah, you got a, you got a rough night, if I remember hearing. Uh, yeah, you, I, I had to sit there in that rocking chair for about thirty minutes before I could get up. To move to the bed and uh and jack went to bed like after yeah like she only had like three hits and she went to bed just like i am not right so there you go uh enjoy enjoy the weed uh, i feel like that's a good I, I would say this is just something i'd throw out at someone like if you're going to a to a, a weed friendly place and you're like i should do some weed when i'm there like ask one of your weed knowledgeable friends for a little bit deeper information about like what should i do when i get there what should i ask for or look for or think about doing just so that because most place, people at a place and be like you're gonna have a great time with this and great time for them might be like oh man it's gonna be a you're gonna have an adventure like i feel like maybe talk to someone who can at least give you like some here's how to maybe dip your toe in at least to start and then if you want to go deeper in an hour then here's more shit you can do or like just do more of the thing you did before and if weed gives you panic attacks don't think that just because it's legal it's not going to give you panic attacks anymore no, a lot, yeah a lot of that's more it's strain based or just uh headspace things <laughs> there's ways to there's ways to escape it and that's why we hate seattle <laughs> it's, you know in seattle i'm still you're it's it's clearly though seattle's 80 20 70 30 pro i'm gonna say and may Seattle. i don't hate it i i mean i had that particular issue with my friend kate and and, uh, and the weed but i i'm pretty much pro huh. all right good times well double deuce i guess yeah double deuce to you too double deuce double deuce deuce bye this has been Double Deuce Podcast. If you thought the intro sounded bad, this outro sounds even
even worse. Thank you for listening to the Double Deuce Podcast. We'd love it if you wanted to get a hold of us and let us know what you thought. You can reach us at DoubleDeucePod at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at DoubleDeucePod or Facebook, Double Deuce Podcast. Yeah, and also you should uh, subscribe and you should rate and review and things. I hear that's good stuff to do and it makes us feel good. And on the inside. Yep, and the outside. Both. I was walking with a limp, and then Rob Schulte left us uh, a nice review one time, and then my leg was healed. I threw my crutches to the ground, and I was healed because of your love. Give me your love. I need to eat your love and grow strong. Double deuce. (laughs)